And good evening. Welcome to our second installment of the 23-24 season of the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl. I'm Sandy Clough, and we welcome you from the Campus Lounge, Washington Parks, Bonnie Bray's oldest standing dive bar, but it's a lot more than a dive bar. If you've been here before, you know all about it. If you haven't, stop on by. The elevated feeling you get when you bite into one of those burgers, it's the best burger in the area. It has been for decades. This place is fun. It's a nice atmosphere where the kids can play and parents can relax. We've got all the games on here tonight, including Avalanche Anaheim uh, coming up here in a little less than an hour. We're located right off the three-way intersection of Exposition University and Bonnie Bray Boulevard. Come watch the Pioneers here at the Campus Lounge. And uh, we welcome, or at least I do for the first time in 23-24, David Carl to our program. We'll be talking with uh, a couple of the players later on. Marty Richardson from Dog Nation will join us as well during the course of this hour. Coach, it's good to see you. Good Ten to see games you. into the season already. Yeah, goes, about a quarter of the way. Yep, we are. We uh, we talked about on that about that on Monday with the team. Actually, that we're we're at the kind of the quarter point. It's yeah. a good time to reflect on where we are and where we need to get to. So, um, lots of like in the first ten games. Lot to get better at. Um, I wouldn't say any real big surprises, but um, like the foundation that we're building and where we can get to. You seem to have. Uh, the kind of team that between the 10 freshmen and the nine national champions from two years ago, you will be melding together throughout the course of the season, but you're off to a very nice start at 7-2-1, and one, uh, number three in the country in the U.S. CHO rankings this week behind only Wisconsin and North Dakota. You picked up several first-place votes along the way uh you've already played boston college ranked fourth and beaten them uh providence in a close one you lost is number five in the country so uh at this point you have played two of the other four top five teams and you will soon play a third of those uh four other top five teams but uh you said it's a time for reflection uh this week um deep reflection for you uh, or as you suggested more or less as you expected Uh, my thought coming in here tonight was you have been an extraordinarily entertaining team to watch this year but from a coaching standpoint maybe it hasn't been quite as entertaining yeah maybe a little too entertaining sometimes Um, (laughs) which again we expected so um yeah, I think looking at it, 10 games, seven of our first 10 on the road with a really young team to sit here at 7-2-1, and one, only one regulation loss, we're, yeah. we're really proud of that. Um, we have the number one offense in the country. We're scoring, I think it's like more than half a goal a game than who's in second. Yeah. Um, so we're over five goals a game. That's the entertaining part we like. Uh, but we're 32nd in the country in goals against per game, and that's a number that uh, is incumbent upon everybody um to work to get down of the of the last 10 national champions um everybody's been in the top four of goals against per game outside of us in 22 we were 10th 
Um, and so 30 seconds just is not going to cut it. And, and so that's been kind of the reality check. It was we knew we would be able to score. Our, our big guns carried us early. Our depth scoring has developed. Um, we've seen that over the last two, three weekends with Harris and Matica and Wright um, starting to contribute, um, you know, in addition to Divine and, and King and, um, and Rizzo. And the decor's young. The goaltending's young. And so we need to – we've learned a lot in the first 10 games. We've kept our head above water and more. And now it's time to continue to push the envelope and get better. So that's kind of – that was the message. And, um, you know, getting into the our, our next stretch here, 10 of the next 12 are at home. Um, so yeah. no better time than no travel to really work at our game and uh, and to dig in to getting better defensively while not sacrificing what we can do, um, obviously, with a dynamic offensive group. Uh, we'll talk about the games that were played this past weekend at Arizona State in just a few moments. But uh, for a team that is a defending national champion or even – a champion from two years ago, as you are, uh, the C word comes up a lot, complacent or complacency. And is that more of a danger when it seems as if against just about everybody, it is so easy for you to score goals? Is there a tendency to become complacent defensively when you know from evidence provided in the first 10 games that you're going to score four or five goals again. Yeah, I think so. And, and that's, that was kind of the purpose of Monday's meeting was to, to speak honestly and openly about that. And, um, you know, we've been, actually, I think we've been ranked in the top five um, really for the better part of the last 18 to 20 months. And, um, you know, I think it's, it's trying to make sure that you don't get complacent and, and reading, you know, that we're number two or number three or right. number one, um, we've talked about it being, you know, poison to our brains and, you know, losing sight of the fact of the things that we need to get better at. And, you know, and they've all said it. We, you know, in all of our opening year meetings, it was about our youth and growing and getting better. And, um, you know, the team that improves the most this year is is going to be one of the four teams at the Frozen Four. So that's yeah, our yeah. goal. And we can't forget to embrace that. I, again, I think that's what Monday's meeting was about. We've done a lot of great things. We've, again, we've only lost once in regulation. Um, we've played seven of 10 on the road. You know, we've, we've done some really, really nice things to feel good about where we can get to, but we can't lose sight of the fact that um, we're nowhere near where we want to be, and we can't lose that hunger. I think um, to steal lines from Jared Bednar, you know, with the avalanche, he says it's hard to eat when you're full. And, you know, we need to make sure that we stay hungry and that we're not full. And I do think we have a group of guys in the room that generally are hungry and uh, they want to be pushed and they want to push each other. And um, I think we'll learn a lot about our group the next 12 games with 10 of those being at home. Talk about your freshmen and not necessarily all, all 10 of them, but just as a group, uh, characteristics that you've seen because these are obviously players – who at least at DU have not accomplished anything yet and presumably would not be full, would be very hungry. Yeah, I think they are, and they, they wanted to come here to be a part of the winning. We've we've done a lot of it in the last, uh, well, in our 74-year history, but certainly 
in the last um, 10 years with the, the number of frozen fours we've been through since uh, 2016. And so that's a big part of why a lot of these guys are here. They want that experience. And, um, you know, they, that's, that's why they come to Denver. They come here to win. And so that's a great thing. And, and many of them are, are doing very well, um, you know, starting with the goaltender. I mean, he's he started – exceptional um against air force and colorado college took a step back this weekend um that's okay that's expected he's he's working at his game this week that's a good thing um the young d uh have you know generally done very well but again we need to work with them on finishing more plays quicker so we so we don't have to defend as much and they've all have a general understanding of how we want to play without the puck and now it's taking that to the next level and um, the forward group, they've, they've had the opportunity to be insulated, um, you know, fairly well with, with some of the veteran guys. But it's great to see, like we talked about, you know, Harris and Matica yeah. oh, yeah. um, starting, you know, guys who scored 20, 25 goals in the USHL a year ago. Right. We're right. starting to see the offensive production um, and confidence coming with those guys, making us a three, four line dangerous team, um, which is how you score five goals a game. You, you don't do it with one line. You know, I'm looking at your top three lines, which you essentially have kept together. I know you've done mm-hmm. a little mixing and matching, but basically you've kept these lines together, certainly in, in recent weeks. And um, your, your first line is out of this world offensively. Uh, you've got uh, uh, Webster with a couple of goals and eight points. You've got Rizzo uh, on top of the country, I believe, in, in points, or at least tied with uh, teammate Devine among others with 18 points at five goals 13 assists divine with the 10 goals eight assists i think we'll be talking to jack a little bit along with uh, tristan bros later in this hour but on all three of your lines you've gotten production uh, five points or more five to 18 points from every one of those nine forwards so far yeah. this year in 10 games no it's pretty it's, good yeah it's really good it's uh you know we we play in a in a system in a in a tournament you know that is single elimination it's it's one and done and so um you need you need multiple people to be able to score on a given night you need multiple weapons and um you know we we say a lot the reason one of the main reasons we won in 22 was that we had an elite first line we yeah. really had two second lines and we right. had a third line right um, right and any of those four lines could score on a given night and when we talk and think about roster construction within a single elimination it's important to have weapons that that can get good matchups and and be relied upon it's it's your depth scoring that that really comes yeah. through oh, sure. the top guys at yeah. you know really any level they a lot of times they cancel each other out and so you know a, a big goal from jared wright or or oh. rieger lorenz is you know yeah. a lot of times that tilts the scales well uh, you're exactly right, and it's something we talk about a lot uh, with uh, the Avalanche and even with other good to great teams, you, you need that depth, and you definitely have uh, that depth of scoring. Uh, let me go back a couple of years and look at the pattern of the last two years going into this one. And uh, there was a good piece in College Hockey News this week which uh, featured uh, comments from uh, Rizzo, uh, among others. And, uh, you know, it really, two years ago, pretty steady ascension uh, to the championship. Uh, bumps along the way, 
certainly, mm -hmm. in uh, your championship season of 2022. Last year, it seemed to me as if there were fewer bumps. But then at the end, you lost two straight games in which you were shut out, yep. which really seemed uncharacteristic of the way you had played all year. Um, are you looking for bumps at certain times of year? Uh, because bumps can be wake-up calls. Yeah, I think you, you always are, um, and I agree with you. I mean, in 22, you know, we had that four-game losing streak. Yeah. We come into the Western weekend, and, right. and we're 500, and where does the season go from there? Yeah. Based on, you know, the year before and being below 500, missing the tournament, yep. um, you know, that was a huge moment within that season, but also within the trajectory of the program, um, to be honest. and. Um, we answered the bell then, and uh, we really didn't look back after that. Last year, the, the adversity was... Uh, Injury-related, certainly. Yeah, at the end of the year it was, but, yeah, the, the bumps in the road were, you know, we had them, but they were they were just little blips. They were and the, blips, the responses yeah. were really quick, which was a really good sign. Um, but then, yeah, toward the stretch, it was a lot of illness and, and injury, and um, it just felt like the, the season needed to, you know, go another week before playoffs started but um there's so much you can't control and, and to answer your question yeah we're always looking for moments of adversity yeah. and and there there's certainly been some in the first that can be 10. opportunities right yep there's been some in the first 10 yeah. but we found a way through it to score our way through it and that's i think led yeah. to the the reality of the meeting we had on monday and being honest about where we were at defensively and um you know we certainly will have uh, bumps in the road or major bumps in the road that, that could extend for uh, a week or two and um, it's never fun to go through but that's usually when you yeah. grow the most and and that's the mindset we try and have with it I love the quote from Massimo Rizzo uh, in this piece in college hockey news this week every year I want to get a lot more confident and take control of games this year I want to dominate every time I step on the ice every play it's been a good opportunity, really having that goal of building blocks through the season. So when playoff time comes, we're ready and we play better than we did last season. Good yes. statement. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, and I'd, I'd say he's he's done that for the for the better part of the first ten games, and I believe him when he says it that that's what he wants to do. And um, you know, I think it's a great role model and path for other guys to follow. And um, you're going to talk to two guys tonight who, who try and do that too. And um, the be the better we are day in and day out in practice, it leads to more consistency in games. And um, that's ultimately a good thing for our process and, and our results. We'll come back with more ahead. We'll look back at last weekend's games with Arizona State as we continue with the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl. Stay with us. Is that the sound of an ooey-gooey, cheesy, crunchy slice of P-I-Z-Z-A? <laughs> Obviously, but as good as that sounds, we think it can get even better. Oh, yeah, that's the sound of a freshly opened fizz-filled Pepsi. The only thing that can take this flavor medley of crunchy dough, mouth-watering cheese, and savory sauce to the next level. How about another bite? Pepsi and pizza sound like a match made in heaven and taste even better. Pizza, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Hi, this is Todd Usry, president of Breckenridge Brewery. When we settled into Littleton, we wanted it to feel like home to everyone who visited. So we built the farmhouse restaurant. 
comfort food menu is made to complement the fresh beer brewed right here on site. My personal favorite spot is the beer garden. Love sitting next to the fire, listening to bluegrass with a beer, looking out at the open mountain view. Stop by on the weekends for brunch or come see us anytime. Check out breckbrew.com for more info. Here at the farmhouse, you're always in good company. Soon, you'll know Centura Health by a new name, Common Spirit Health. But you already know who we are, passionate people who are here to treat, welcome, and support you. You've got this. Centura is becoming Common Spirit, and you'll continue to find incredible care and caregivers at these and other formerly Centura Health hospitals and clinics. St. Anthony, Ortho, Colorado, St. Anthony North, and Longmont United Hospitals. Learn more at centura.org. Is that the sound of an ooey-gooey, cheesy, crunchy slice of P-I-Z-Z-A? <laughs> Obviously, but as good as that sounds, we think it can get even better. Oh yeah, that's the sound of a freshly opened, fizz-filled Pepsi. The only thing that can take this flavor medley of crunchy dough, mouth-watering cheese, and savory sauce to the next level. How about another bite? Pepsi and pizza sound like a match made in heaven and taste even better. Pizza, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. This is the Campus Lounge Coaching Show with David Carl. I'm Sandy Clough as we continue here from the Campus Lounge, Washington Park's oldest standing dive bar. Bonnie Bray's oldest standing dive bar for that matter, but uh, it's a lot more. You get an elevated feeling every time you come in here. There's so much history uh, in this place uh, connected to uh, uh, campus down the road. Uh, place is fun, uh, games for the kids. Parents can relax. You can watch games up here. We've got all the games on right now. Uh, we'll have the Avalanche and Anaheim uh, here in about 40, 45 minutes. Uh, located right off the three-way intersection of Exposition, University and Bonnie Bray Boulevard. You can watch the Pioneers here. It's the Campus Lounge, and we continue uh, with David Carl. We will be joined by Jack Devine and... Uh, Tyler Bros here in just a few, uh, Tristan Bros, I'm sorry, in just a few minutes. A couple of juniors, a couple of old hands. Uh, we were we were talking uh, with the players during the uh, break. Uh, uh, I, I can recall a time way back in the uh, 60s when uh, uh, Denver teams were filled with 24, 25-year-olds. Ain't that way anymore. No, uh, it's not. And you know, we're the second youngest team in the country. Yeah. Um, which again, you leads. and Boston College, right? Yep. Or the top yep. I think Harvard's two when it comes the youngest. To youngest. Oh, Harvard's yep. the youngest. Yep. And then us and you BC and Boston are, College are yep. tied. Yeah. So, um, yeah, a lot of youth, and yeah. um, you know, it's not necessarily. We don't go in the office and say we need to be the second youngest team in the country, but um, no. it just so happens that way. And we. But, but that's not an excuse either, and you've never used that as an excuse. Uh, I can think of one major college program that likes to recruit top-level freshmen, and every year uh, the much-celebrated coach says, well, you got to give us time. We need time to come together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's the way you've designed a program. Yes, and for sure. And it shouldn't be used as a crutch, and you never have used it as a crutch. We certainly try not to. Um, but, yeah, we've there's been some teams that uh, college hockey's gotten older. Yeah. Um, I do think yeah. we're older today than we were five years ago. Right. But right. Um, college hockey's gotten older due to the grad transfers. Yeah. Um, right. In the fifth years, that'll uh, that'll be set to expire after next season. Um, 
you know, but we haven't we haven't done a lot outside of having a few of our own guys return uh, for their fifth years. But many programs, one that we're playing this weekend, has many graduate players yeah. on their team from right. other programs and uh, and their own. So um, certainly a big challenge in front of us with a with a bigger, older, heavier team coming into our building. We'll talk about that series uh, as we uh, close out with Coach Carl uh, here in the next 10 minutes, but uh, quickly review the games from this past weekend. Uh, Friday night, Seesaw Affair, you had seemingly a pretty substantial territorial advantage. Uh, you were the ones in the lead most of the way, but yep. uh, they kept coming back to tie, and finally they uh, scored the overtime goal after uh, regulation played out to a 5-5 uh, contest and in overtime they won the game. Uh, you outshot them 35 to 19, uh, but uh, you were one for five on a power play. But maybe uh, a little more disturbing on the penalty kill. You gave them two goals. Yeah, and I think just they three were three opportunities. Yeah, they were two for three on the yeah. on the kill. And um, you know, actually, we scored two shorties too. Yeah, it was a strange weird game. Night. Um, yeah, and they came back after scoring a shorty the one time, yeah. and they come right up the ice and yeah. get one on the power play. And it was right. a, it was a weird right. game. We were, you know, we led I think four times on the night. Uh, every time we got the lead, they scored. Uh, generally, yeah. they were like within ninety yeah, seconds, sixty absolutely. seconds. I think the longest we held a lead was for three minutes. Um, so that part was disappointing. That was one of the things we talked about after the game. We usually are not a team that gives up leads when we get one especially as the game wears on we usually get the next one and the next one we're a team that can score in bunches um and we always have been and for whatever reason we we surrendered the lead uh, rather quickly all night long on friday and uh again liked how we played in a lot of spurts but um i don't know if it was it was showing some of our youth or if it's some of them i mean there's two teams playing they're trying to yeah. score two and uh they had a great response after our goals and um, unfortunately we weren't able to to close out the game you lose an overtime um, on the road you get 33 percent of of a of a game so not yeah. all pairwise points were lost right. but right. Um, certainly you feel like you leave something on the table on friday night yeah and uh we haven't generally in the past uh paid much attention to pairwise until maybe january and we'll we'll keep with that tradition uh this year too but uh, uh just a quick aside you're third in the country in the u.s chl rankings you're fourth in the pairwise so in the top five in both uh and and that would seem to be just fine saturday was an example i know the score was high but you showed some grit because you got down three nothing Yep, and it could have gotten away from you right then and there. And uh, you know, this is well into the game, almost halfway into the game. It's still three to nothing with about 13 minutes, a little more than 13 minutes to go in the second period. It's still three to nothing. And then what happens in your view? Yeah, I mean, we, we, you know, I think we're opportunistic on a on a turnover. We we get a big goal, um, make it three one. Unfortunately, we take a penalty right after that. We get a big kill. Um, and then we take advantage of one of the unique rules in college hockey and that if you score on a delayed penalty, you still get the power play. And um, Which to me is a great rule. Yeah, we're actually a lot of coaches want to change it um, to really? go back to what the NHL rule is. I and, know. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if that change comes next summer. Um, we do a rule change. Every other year is a rule change year in college hockey. Well, and well, next what do you think about it? 
Um, I think if you take a penalty, you should have to serve it. I and so, couldn't agree you know, more. What, so what's I'm actually, I'd be in favor of talking about serving the whole two minutes, um, regardless of if you get scored on or not. We want more goals. We want, you know, you want uh, a bigger price on, on penalties taken. I mean, they're still letting you ice the puck when you're defending. Yeah, when you're why, should, why should you so only have to serve 30 seconds? Why should you only have to shoot, uh, serve if 30 you, seconds? If a team exactly. gets scored on. Right. So, um, Anyway, so I generally, I guess I would say I'm a fan of the rule. What yeah. happened on Saturday, I think it's the first time it's happened, yeah. um, where you score on the extra attacker, and then you um, – Right. Um, that's hockey, and, um, you know, you can you can play really well and lose, and, and you can maybe not play your best and win. And there's so many different variables, and I think that's what – one of the things that makes it so exciting for the fans and um, – over the long haul, the, the teams with the best records generally, um, obviously, the law of averages play out, and, and that all comes of, you know into fruition. But on a single weekend, you can certainly have those moments happen. Apart from the two guys sitting here, you can't answer with either one of those two. Who's the most improved player on your team this year over last year um, so far through 10 games? You can't, you can't say Devine I think, I think uh, Lorenz has been okay. impressive to see his maturation. Um, I don't want to say acceptance of a, of a role, but the, probably an acceptance of what his game is and needs to be to have success. Um, you know, he, he's doing a great job being at the net front. He's doing a great job on the penalty kill. He's forechecking really well. Um, he's using his size and his speed and his strength really to – to create turnovers and um, to be hard to play against. And, um, you know, and you got him up on the second line as a result. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's playing quality minutes um, all over the ice. And, you know, for a guy who scored a lot in the Alberta Junior League, um, you know, he's had to change his game here a little bit. And the changes he's made, I think, is going to give him a chance to obviously – continue to earn more here but um give him the opportunity to play at the next level at some point in his career we've talked about carter king in the past he's great on face-offs he's your second line center but uh his offensive resurgence this year through 10 games has been remarkable seven goals eight assists 15 points yep. in 10 games and he was big for you this past weekend he's been really good um plays both power play penalty kill he's yep. one of two forwards that do that uh, he's got three short handed goals um just a lot of confidence and, uh, you know, him and Lorenz and Wright have found a good oh. level of chemistry together. Um, they're a lot to handle with and without the puck. Uh, face-offs continue to improve. He's a guy that we didn't have at center his first year. He stepped in the middle of the ice last year and uh, was, was excellent. And so um, to see his growth is also, a, you know, a really exciting thing and uh, couldn't be happier for him. Before I let you run. 42 votes for Omaha this week. Didn't make the top 20, but they got honorable mention uh, votes. Five, two, and one yep. uh, through eight games. Uh, but because of the vagaries of the pairwise, they're only 38th in, in the country. Uh, to your being n number four, it's your second league series following your sweep with Colorado College. Uh, you said uh, earlier, older team, uh, historically physical, big tough to play against yep. is that the same yeah it's what we see on friday night and yep. saturday night? yeah they, t they try and get up on you and take away time and space and um 
you know, the last two series we played them, they've outplayed us on Friday night. They, you know, they were one of the blips last year of yeah. adversity. They outshot us two to one on Friday night at home, shut us out three nothing, um, really manhandled us, and, and we responded the next night. Um, the, the goal, obviously, is not to need the response on Saturday night here this year, but uh, a lot of respect for how they do things. It's their first road trip. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, we've been on the road three times. <laughs> we played seven to ten on the road. Um, they choose to, to play a lot of home games, and I think that's a factor in their pairwise number being what it is. But um, we're Denver. They they will get up for us. Oh, they, yes. they will be very excited to get in here. And uh, we've played them a lot being in the conference the last number of years. And um, it should be a, a really tight-checking um, physical series of hockey this weekend at Magnus Arena, and one that – we're excited for to to be kick off like like I said playing the next six at home and uh, ten of the next twelve at home. We'll see you on Friday night. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you as always. But uh, we're only halfway home here. We'll be bringing in Tristan Bros and Jack Devine, tied for the national lead in points through the first ten games of the season on a hilltop for DU. That's coming next as the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl continues. Is that the sound of an ooey, gooey, cheesy, crunchy slice of P-I-Z-Z-A? <laughs> Obviously, but as good as that sounds, we think it can get even better. Oh yeah, that's the sound of a freshly opened fizz-filled Pepsi. The only thing that can take this flavor medley of crunchy dough, mouth-watering cheese and savory sauce to the next level. How about another bite? Pepsi and pizza sound like a match made in heaven and taste even better. Pizza, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Hi. This is Todd Ushery, president of Breckenridge Brewery. When we settled into Littleton, we wanted it to feel like home to everyone who visited. So we built the Farmhouse Restaurant. The comfort food menu is made to complement the fresh beer brewed right here on site. My personal favorite spot is the beer garden. Love sitting next to the fire, listening to bluegrass with a beer, looking out at the open mountain view. Stop by on the weekends for brunch or come see us anytime. Check out breckbrew.com for more info. Here at the farmhouse, you're always in good company. Soon, you'll know Centura Health by a new name, Common Spirit Health. But you already know who we are, passionate people who are here to treat, welcome, and support you. You've got this. Centura is becoming Common Spirit, and you'll continue to find incredible care and caregivers at these and other formerly Centura Health hospitals and clinics. St. Anthony, Ortho, Colorado, St. Anthony North, and Longmont United Hospitals. Learn more at Centura.org. Is that the sound of an ooey, gooey, cheesy, crunchy slice of P-I-Z-Z-A? <laughs> Obviously, but as good as that sounds, we think it can get even better. Oh, yeah, that's the sound of a freshly opened fizz-filled Pepsi. The only thing that can take this flavor medley of crunchy dough, mouth-watering cheese, and savory sauce to the next level. How about another bite? Pepsi and pizza sound like a match made in heaven and taste even better. Pizza, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. All right, the fun part of the show starts now with uh, our player segment and uh, a couple of juniors have uh, joined us. Uh, Jack Devine, who is tied for the National League in points with a total of 18 on 10 goals and eight assists. And Tristan Bros, who has been heating up of late, uh, has played in nine of the 10 games, three goals, three assists, and uh, six points. And uh, we were talking 
uh, earlier with uh, your coach and uh, uh, during the break about what a fantastic start this has been offensively for you. Um, I can't remember a DU team being this good offensively this early in the season. You're averaging about five goals a game. Jack, we'll start with you. What do you feel is behind your offensive success so far this year? Now, your success individually and the team's success. Yeah, I think for us, it's just trusting our teammates. Um, I think this early in the season, we built a lot of trust through training camp and building reps like that, and I think it's just trusting in our system when we were able to go out and execute our game plan, we were able to find a lot of success. Tristan, how about you? Uh, last year, uh, you proved yourself to be a capable, reliable goal scorer. Uh, this year, you're um, playing with uh, a freshman in Matica and a veteran in Thompson. You guys have started to click. Yeah. Yeah, I think we've been building the last couple of weeks as a line and, and as a team. And, um, yeah, just kind of what Jack said. I think we have we have a lot of talent in our locker room. And, um, you know, we have, we have good systems, good game plans. And I think we play really well together, and that helps us execute offensively. Two years ago, we were talking about it with David. He felt you had uh, on your team two years ago, the national championship team, one of the great first lines in college hockey in effect, two second lines and one third line. You kind of feel something like that building this year where the difference from the second line to the third line offensively, defensively, is minuscule. There's almost no difference at all. The first line's been fantastic, but you've got three scoring lines, whether you want to say two number one lines and a number two or one number one line and two number twos. Yeah, that's yeah. that's hard chemistry to find with nine championship veterans and 10 freshmen on the team. How have you built that chemistry so quickly? Tristan, we'll start with you this time. You know, I think it really just starts with the culture that's been set here at Denver. And that's a credit to pretty much everyone that's played here before. Um, we have a lot of unselfish people in the room and um, there's no like I in, in any of the guys on our team. And I, I think that's kind of what contributes to to our chemistry early on and. That helps us to play play the brand of hockey that we do. Uh, I'll, I'll follow up with you and Jack. I'll get your response too because it's the same sort of question. All of your centermen, all four of them, have at least as many assists, and in three out of the four instances, more assists than goals. That's what you're talking about, right, with Thompson? Yeah. He's looking to set you guys up, you and Matica. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he he's a he's a very good goal scorer too. But um, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, five of the six points are assists uh, this year. And the same thing, Jack, with you, uh, with Rizzo, uh, he's assisted on most of your goals. Am I correct on that? At least seven of yeah. your ten. Yeah, he's sure. had at least one of the assists, mm-hmm. if not the only assist. Yeah, well, he's uh, he's a great player, um, super skilled, uh, super talented, and I think for for me, he's got such great hockey sense. It's just trying to read and react. And um, something you mentioned earlier, it's just pretty impressive how how much depth we have on this team. You look up and down the roster, you got guys who are super capable, and I think that that just uh, means a lot to the guys in the room. When you can look look uh, look left and right and know that guy's got your back, and that that guy's gonna go out there and perform the best of his abilities. Uh, Jack, I'll start with you on this. Uh, 
I know you've kept the lines fairly stable throughout the year, but I have the feeling that all of you could play with anyone else. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't matter how much you shuffled the line combinations. You'd still be confident playing yeah. on a line with uh, uh, either King or Thompson, and you would feel comfortable, Tristan, playing on uh, a line with King or Rizzo. Uh, doing great with Thompson. But any one of the top nine forwards could be switched around, and you'd be comfortable. Jack, is that right? Yeah, for sure. I think I think for our team we have such incredible players and guys that are able to fill different roles. And I think so far with our lines we've had uh, great success. But um, if we were to shake them up, I think guys would also be able to find success in that way. And um, I think I've been fortunate to play with a, a lot of different guys on our team. And yeah. I played with Tristan. I played with Kyler. Yeah. Um, I really enjoy playing with Massimo. But I think for us, no matter who you play with, I think it's just trusting them and finding success with them. Does that come about in practice, Tristan, that, that carries over to the games? Yeah. I mean, I get, it's hard to believe that you'd be better in practice than you've been in the games, but does it really start in practice where you build that foundation yeah, and that chemistry? I, I think so. I, I think that's one of one of the things we stress here at, at Denver is having hard practices and making it game-like and um, you know, in practice there aren't as many, as many lines as much you're just playing with with the guys oh, that yeah. are in your color. So right. definitely that, right. that contributes to the ability to play with different guys in and out the lineup. And, um, yeah, I just think that's um, something that makes us a lot better as a team. You're both prolific goal scorers. And uh, I know there are other things you like to pride yourself in doing apart from scoring goals. But uh, the phrase natural goal scorer gets thrown around. Tristan, uh, to you first. Do you consider yourself a natural goal scorer? And if so, what does that mean to you to be uh, a natural goal scorer? Um, honestly, I, I would say probably no. I, I think You're I'm not. someone that I have to tell myself to shoot the puck more. I think, really? Um, Tendency-wise, I sometimes look to, to pass a yeah. lot more. I, I think it's great setting your teammate up for you know a, a really good chance or, or a goal. Um, and the phrase "natural goal scorer," I think it's you see it with a guy like Alex Ovechkin and yeah, yeah. and, and <laughs> he would Jack, over, Jack over here. It's yeah, like yeah. just the guys that just yeah. love to score goals, and I, I would say just about everybody does. But you can see in the natural goal scorers just how much they they love scoring goals, yeah. and um, I think that's big. Is that part of it, Jack? That having that hunger—not that that makes you selfish by any means—but the great goal scorers have a hunger they're never satisfied with one goal in a game or even two goals in a game they always want more on every shift yeah maybe that the best definition i think just for many guys it's prominent to try to do whatever it takes to win and if that's one of your strengths i think you you try to lean on your strengths and big games and when it matters the most so i think yeah you could definitely argue that Uh, you're both juniors uh you've both been around here for a while Ten freshmen coming in. I think in this decade, that's the most freshmen that DU has ever tried to incorporate into its regular lineup in a single season. Uh, Jack, how's it been with the freshmen? Um, How much conversation or even competition is there, friendly competition, as you who are veterans mix in with newcomers? 
Yeah, I think it's I think it's been great to see to see how they've grown and how comfortable they've gotten since the first day I met them in the summer and then um, the start of the fall. I think I think it's been very impressive to see how much they've had an impact when you go from the goalie to the defenseman yeah. to the forwards. Yeah. Um, so that's been also to see, and I think they've done a very good job gelling with the team. Um, some guys being younger, some guys being older. I think they've done a good job intermixing and uh, both being comfortable, but also being their own person and bringing um, their strengths uh, onto the ice to help us win. Uh, what do you think about playing with Matica? How's he been so far? He seems to have kind of come of age last couple of weekends. Yeah. Picked up the goal scoring. So. Yeah, he's definitely found a scoring touch a little bit the last couple of games. Um, he's a talented player, I think. He's adjusting to the college game yeah. as, as it's a big goes. adjustment, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. And against a lot of older, stronger guys, so um, the speed of the game is a little faster, but he, you can kind of see it growing in his game and him him getting comfortable. And um, it's been good. It's good good to see that growth from him. And on defense, uh, you've got the Bullion brothers. Yeah. One a grizzled veteran, the other a newcomer, but immensely talented. Yeah, big time. Yeah, Zeev's. Uh, yeah. He's a heck of a hockey player, and he definitely helps our, our club a lot. On the power play? Yeah, there certainly on the power play, five on five. Yeah. You, know, you, you see him logging a lot of minutes, and um, you just you have a lot of trust when he's out there that he's going to make make good plays and at certain times going to make some pretty special plays happen. So, And I want to try to, Jack, get your opinion on uh, Buckberger, who is, uh, I believe, one of your top – five point producers one of uh five skaters with at least 10 points yeah. so far this year uh your reaction to boston buckberger yeah, and how yeah he's developed yeah he's been great i think for for him this year he's he's been uh a guy who's brought a lot of stuff to the table i think obviously as you mentioned offensively um he's been done a great job producing and getting a shot through and i'm um, hoping your team uh, produce that way but he's also been super physical and um, he kind of brings a little grit to her back end, so yeah. I think yeah. he's a guy who's super competitive out there and always gives it all, always gives it his all. So I think it's a guy you like to play with and you trust back there, as Bruce said earlier. We'll let you both run on this, but I'm thinking on Saturday night you lost a very frustrating game where you're ahead almost the entire way and they kept coming back and tying it and finally winning it on Friday night in overtime at Arizona State. And then you get down 3 nothing, and it's almost halfway through the game. I believe a little more than 13 minutes to go in the second period. It's still 3 to nothing. Tristan, what happened at that point to uh, trigger uh, your side scoring eight of the next nine goals? Um, you know, I would say I think the biggest thing was that there, there wasn't a lot of panic on the bench and, and among the guys. I think we all... All knew that three down three nothing was not the spot we wanted to be in, but we also knew what kind of hockey team we are, and um, I thought we kind of just kept playing. And once we got the first one, there you kind of feel the momentum build. We got a second, and um, it kind of just felt like we were, we scored a third one immediately after. And yeah, right. Yeah, we just rolled right. from there. So, Jack, did you have that same feeling on the bench when it was three to nothing? That it was just a matter of time. I mean, you had scored five goals in that before, yeah. but three nothing—that's that's a pretty big hole against anybody. Yeah, I agree with what Tristan said. I think for us, it's just staying positive and always remaining hope. We know we know how good of a hockey team we are, and we know we've got the guys in the room to go out there and come back. And so I think it was a 
a super positive thing for us to uh, not get uh, let down there and just keep pushing and keep trying. And um, I thought it for our group it showed a lot of maturity in our game. A lot of grit too. Yeah. A lot of grit. And it's funny, 8-4 game, how yeah. much grit is it? There's a lot of grit when you're down 3 nothing. Yeah, definitely. Almost halfway through the game you lost the night before against a team you know you're superior to. And yeah. uh, to come back that way, and you've got Omaha this weekend, a uh, familiar opponent. Mm -hmm. uh, I know you've been traveling a lot, Alaska to Boston, to the desert. Yeah. And, and now you're going to be home uh, for a while. That has to be a pretty good feeling. Yeah. For both of you. Yeah, I think it's yeah. it's always a, a pleasure to play at Magnus and yes. play in front of our awesome fans. I think we got uh, the best fans in college hockey. So I think for us it's nice to be home, get a little settled here, and obviously have a big weekend ahead. And Tristan, good luck to you uh, yeah. this weekend. Yeah, thank you. Along with you, yeah. Jack. Yeah, be well, you. and we'll see you on Friday night. Thanks for stopping yeah. by. Yeah, awesome. Thanks for having Appreciate us. Thank it. you. Yeah, thanks for having us. Tristan Bros and Jack Devine. Couple of junior forwards who've been spectacular so far this year. Combined 13 goals and 11 assists for 24 points between the two. We'll come back. Marty Richardson from Dog Nation will join us. And uh, as usual, when we talk to Marty, there are special guests and special projects involved uh, coming out of Dog Nation. That's coming next as the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl continues. Is that the sound of an ooey-gooey, cheesy, crunchy slice of P-I-Z-Z-A? <laughs> Obviously, but as good as that sounds, we think it can get even better. Oh yeah, that's the sound of a freshly opened, fizz-filled Pepsi. The only thing that can take this flavor medley of crunchy dough, mouth-watering cheese, and savory sauce to the next level. How about another bite? Pepsi and pizza sound like a match made in heaven and taste even better. Pizza, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Hi, this is Todd Usry, president of Breckenridge Brewery. When we settled into Littleton, we wanted it to feel like home to everyone who visited. So we built the Farmhouse Restaurant. The comfort food menu is made to complement the fresh beer brewed right here on site. My personal favorite spot is the beer garden. Love sitting next to the fire, listening to bluegrass with a beer, looking out at the open mountain view. Stop by on the weekends for brunch or come see us anytime. Check out breckbrew.com for more info. Here at the farmhouse, you're always in good company. Soon, you'll know Centura Health by a new name, Common Spirit Health. But you already know who we are, passionate people who are here to treat, welcome, and support you. You've got this. Centura is becoming Common Spirit, and you'll continue to find incredible care and caregivers at these and other formerly Centura Health hospitals and clinics. St. Anthony, Ortho, Colorado, St. Anthony North, and Longmont United Hospitals. Learn more at Centura.org. Is that the sound of an ooey-gooey, cheesy, crunchy slice of P-I-Z-Z-A? <laughs> Obviously, but as good as that sounds, we think it can get even better. Oh, yeah, that's the sound of a freshly opened, fizz-filled Pepsi. The only thing that can take this flavor medley of crunchy dough, mouth-watering cheese, and savory sauce to the next level. How about another bite? Pepsi and pizza sound like a match made in heaven and taste even better. Pizza, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. We'll remind you for a final time that this is the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl. Uh, Campus Lounge is Washington Park and Bonnie Bray's oldest standing dive bar. But a lot more than that, the best burgers in town, fun, uh, even friendly competition, uh, part of the atmosphere here. The kids can play, parents can relax. All the games are on here, Avalanche and Anaheim, in just about uh, 15 minutes. Uh, 
located right off the three-way intersection of Exposition University and Bonnie Gray Boulevard. Come watch the Pioneers all year right here at uh, the Campus Lounge. And we're joined now by uh, Marty Richardson, uh, the president of Dog Nation. I'm surrounded by presidents. Yeah. It's always a secure feeling to be in the presence of presidents. And we have Marty Richardson, the president of Dog Nation, and Jerry Duvall has joined us, the president of Colorado Sled Hockey. Marty, yeah. we'll talk with you first. How did you uh, meet up with uh, Jack, uh, with uh, Jerry, and we'll talk about some of the projects that you've yeah. got going with Jerry. Yeah, Jerry's uh, pretty amazing. You've got an American hero right here. This oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Sergeant. In, yeah, everybody should be cheering for this and guy. And one of Afghanistan, one from Afghanistan. Yeah, this, this was a, um, he was a recovery mechanic, and you talk about yeah. the toughest job. Oh. Being a mechanic's tough enough, but imagine trying to fix a car while you're being shot at. This is what this guy did. And so amazing that he survived all that. Um, Jerry is a double amputee, and he's also the president of Colorado Sled Hockey. And, yeah. and uh we met him because Dog Nation does a lot of stuff with, with uh, disabled athletes and, yeah. and uh, especially on the, the uh, sled hockey side. And um, uh, Jerry wasn't the president of Colorado Sled Hockey at the time when I met him, but, but uh, we, I've watched him kind of climb the ranks there sure. also climb the ranks on the ice. Uh, this is a really, really good hockey player we got next to here. And in Colorado, we have more USA Paralympic yeah. uh, sled hockey players than anywhere in the world right here. Right so, here, right in here. the state of Colorado. That is remarkable. And, uh, Jerry, uh, uh, Marty's uh, covered it. Uh, I, I'm sure uh, that uh, uh, your uh, service is something that uh, you felt was uh, a part of your du duty, but the sacrifice you've made is enormous. And uh, I am told that uh, your team is national champions, reigning national champs, correct? Yes, sir. Back-to-back -back national champs. Uh, you know, uh, both both victories came in overtime wins against Boston. So uh, always good always to be good. anyone associated with Boston. Right, it's the best uh, feeling ever. That's right. <laughs> but yeah, so um, it's been an, an amazing journey. You know, just the whole sled hockey stuff. Um, like Marty said, I started just playing sled hockey as a passion. You know, yeah. um, helped me get over my addiction of prescription pills and yeah. all that stuff oh, yeah. and um, really just helped me um, find who I was mentally, physically, and emotionally. And then I really wanted to start helping other people with disabilities. So that's why I started trying to become the president of this organization to better it and have more events in the future that are here in Denver and bring all these USA guys that are practicing here Monday through Friday, um, you know, just more events here because it's by far the most physical sport I've ever like the hardest uh, like just everything sled hockey is, yeah it's got to be very very physical right well I mean you're doing physically demanding you're doing yeah. everything that a normal hockey player of does course. but with your arms and yeah. you're still having to maneuver puck handle but also uh, watch the ice while you're skating so it's like yeah. just the ultimate most athletic sport I feel um, and I absolutely love it I think just bringing it to the Denver, Denver metro area is just what we need, you know? Marty's statement that there are more sled hockey participants in this state than there is anywhere else in the world, you must be enormously proud of that. 
Oh, yes. We, uh, so, you know, just... How has that come about, in your opinion? So, um, it's weird because when COVID happened, everything shut down and Big Bear was still operating. So, we were staying within the restrictions, wearing masks, doing all that. But we were getting ice Monday through Friday at Big Bear. And we just built that relationship where we would skate for two hours every Monday through Friday. And all the U.S. guys were catching wind of it and hearing what we were doing up here. So, they all started relocating and moving here because of the... They were just watching guys just drastically just make these drastic jumps in the sled hockey community and the way they play, the way they shoot, the way they move. Yeah. They were just making these giant, ginormous jumps compared to anywhere else in the country. Well, that was the reason we were going Monday through Friday. And then you add the best player in the world, Declan Farmer. Malik Jones is hands down probably top top five player. I mean, you add them two guys and you're practicing against them every single day, just grinding and they're beating up on you. I'm sh- doing stuff that, like, you, you don't even imagine. Like, you figure you got Declan Farmer figured out, and then he shows you three other moves that he's <laughs> done perfected, which is just like, wow, how does he do this? You know, that's amazing. But his IQ, just everything about the guy. Malik Jones, same way, just studies the sport of hockey. Um, we have Rob Easley, um, another veteran. Um, Ralph de Quebec's another veteran. Um, um our goalie, Jen Lee, this year, he's just phenomenal. Hands down the best goalie in the world. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it makes it a little uh, easier for guys like me to come in and just fill a role that I need to, you know. Well, you're part of the championship hockey scene. Yes, and, sir. And very much a part of the tradition that yes, is sir. ongoing here in the state of Colorado. Uh, Marty, how can people listening contribute? And yeah. how can they watch? Yeah, so... um. We actually do some events throughout the year yep. where we will showcase these guys. And, right. And um, Dog Nation Hockey's got a really big spot. And for hockey is for everyone. We Not only do we have these guys, we have blind hockey players. Yep. We have special hockey players. And these guys are actually my teammates in tournaments. And so it throws people off that, that um, they're just in our regular divisions. And, and I put Jerry and Declan, who he just mentioned. Yeah so on and so forth on there so really um kind of watch us we're going to probably do a showcase event when these guys they got a whole bunch of guys coming into town right um coming up and we'll do one of those and um and then also uh colorado sled hockey is um it's really important they have their their own um uh, their own five uh, 501c3m actually their cpa so how about that and um so get those guys uh, it Ice time, yes. uniforms like what he's wearing right, here, right? Like uh, beautiful, beautiful. All, all kinds of things. They're gonna they're gonna debut this this weekend at the NHL Sled Classic. So there's lots of places to help these guys. But um, a lot of this you can kind of follow even through DogNation.org, and you can kind of see what we're doing with these guys. Before we run, uh, I, I want to make mention, uh, and people might say it goes without saying, mm-hmm. the cooperation and the relationship you've had with DU, no. but also with the Avalanche and with the yeah. National Hockey League. The National Hockey League, I believe, has changed its image over the last 10 years to become one of the more progressive and inclusive and mm-hmm. intentional operations in all of worldwide professional sports. Yeah. That's a change. Yeah. And you uh, yeah. and your colleagues... I think it played a big role in that and the relationship you formed mm-hmm. uh, with the great people from DU yeah. and, and the Avalanche and, and even the National Hockey League yeah. now is, is more than catching up with the times. 
They're yeah. living away in a lot of areas. Couldn't agree more. And um, you mentioned all three of those, and all three of those I've, I've had conversations with this week alone. Just yeah. talking to, to the NHL yesterday about, like, a, a, a recipient that, that had a tragic loss, and they stepped up and, and donated tickets. Talked to the Avs, and, and literally just talking to John Boozy, literally thir- like yeah. five minutes ago, how important the relationship to Dog Nation. And, yeah. and, and I'm not just saying that because I'm sitting next to John. It's true. Well, John, John can't reach you. Yeah. Come on in, that come. He that can't come. reach you. He's a few feet away. Uh, let's have another hand here, if we could, for Jerry Duvall. And for Marty Richardson, too. Chair for two people at a time. Jerry, thank you for your service. It's an honor to meet you, and uh, we're, we're blessed. Uh, uh, you know, uh, mental health is a, a big deal with me. Uh, and I know it is with Marty, and I know it is with you. Uh, oh, yeah. You just talked about it without being prompted. Oh, and yeah. uh, we, uh, we look forward to talking to you again and hearing more about the extraordinary things you're doing. Oh, yeah, thank uh, you so much. Life. It was an honor meeting you. And, uh, thank yeah, you. thanks. Thank you. Uh, thank you. Uh, but very humbling and uh, proper conclusion uh, to uh, yet another edition of the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carl. Uh, our thanks to David, of course, to uh, Tristan Bros to Jack Devine, to Marty Richardson, to Jerry Duvall, uh, to Brian Rosenberg here out uh, uh, helping us get through this hour from the Campus Lounge, uh, the best dive bar in town, and a lot more. We'll see you next time on the Campus Lounge Coaches Show with David Carr.